Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Today we have a great malicious compliance story all about work trying to punish a worker and it backfiring. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, want to log everything I do? Sure, I can do that. This was almost 10 years ago, contracting for a very large financial services provider. For some context, team manager was promoted to a new division, and the team, eight of us working across two shifts to cover international as well, were left with two team leaders, we'll call them moron boy and passive gal, to run the crap show until the new manager was hired. New manager joined six months later, or early depending on perspective, and probably because of me, my job in a nutshell was to onboard new employees into all the required systems for their daily functions, as well as set up their email and ad accounts for server access, which was dumped on my lap a month into my job because I had prior experience, so said moron boy. I didn't mind the email and ad because it's literally two minutes per account, and didn't affect my central function by more than 20 minutes a day, it'll make sense soon, and audits were 30 minutes a week. This all happened from a centrally shared mailbox. It's requests, so you can't determine how busy you are. On to the fun, almost before the door hit the manager on the way out, moron boy and passive gal call us into a meeting room and states that we must do no less than 10 requests a day, all to be logged on their call logging system and here's the contract amendments we must sign or be fired. Being a contractor, you'd think I would shut the heck up, but nope, I just can't do being kicked in the balls. So I piped up, I don't see how it's possible to guarantee 80 requests a day minimum for every team member, why not scalar the ticket count and see who did what? His face turned a deeper color and he shouts at me to mind my own business. I don't know what I'm talking about. Cue my malicious compliance, which included calling my contract house manager, sassy and fun gal, explained what was happening and after she could breathe again from laughing so hard, she told me not to get her fired. I head back to my desk knowing full well audits are about to start in a week, and I get multiple requests to make amendments on accounts to test active directory security. And lo, here it begins, I got an email two days later to prep for a massive test. I'm tasked to amend nearly 6,000 accounts with new settings and then change them back on request with minimal impact to the users during working hours, so I needed to do this quickly. Now, any tech worth his measure out there will know almost anything is scriptable. I set it all up, called my mate at service desk, and here's the funny thing. He also has a script to log multiple tickets. I roll on D-Day. I take the auditor's call at 8am to make the change. I send the email to my S-desk mate, and he logs the ticket in a record 30 seconds. My mailbox booms with 6,000 open tickets. I run my script, and 90 seconds later, bam, job done. I carried on with my core function. Three hours later, auditor called me to revert. I ran my second script, everything back to normal, called my mate to close the tickets, and a minute later, my mailbox frazzled for a bit, getting 6,000 closure tickets. It's at this point I smile, sit back, and start browsing all my meme sites. Yes, joys of AD control. I gave myself unrestricted internet access, a nice perk. 
Anywho, in less than an hour, Passive Gal comes to me to ask what's happening. I simply state that the contract amendment they forced on us clearly means I don't have to work for 200 days. So I'll be sitting here enjoying my time off, or I can do it from home. Either way, I'm ahead of the curve. She walks away and Moron Boy storms over demanding a get back to work. I repeat what I said to Passive Gal. He spluttered for a while and he huffs off. True to my word, I sat at my desk doing nothing. But sadly, it didn't last two days before the head of the department called me in. After an initially aggressive start to the meeting on his part, I got to explain the sitch. I wasn't even to the good part, and he drops his head into his palm, calmly listens to the story, asks me for a copy of the amendment, and thanks me for the time. Two hours later, he calls me back and asks me, with sassy and funny gal in the room, what it would take to get me back to work. I decide to keep it simple, formally retract the stupid amendment, and pay me out for the time spent on the audit, which is 600 days. As per the contract amendment, he blowfished for a few seconds, agreed, and I left for the day. Wake up the next morning to a huge jump in my bank account, with an email confirming I'll be back in the office, please? I am a man of my word. I was back at my desk working as usual, and for some reason, Moron Boy and Passive Gal never came near me again. Want to know what it takes to make a million bucks? Check out My First Million. Every week we dive into different business opportunities and explain how to pounce on them. From one-man online operations to brick-and-mortar strategies, we cover it all. So whether it's your first million followers or dollars, start getting inspired with My First Million wherever you get your podcasts. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Then when I shifted to another department. At that point, OP is so toxic to Moron Boy and Passive Gal, they don't want to risk their jobs any further. They already got burnt and learned their lessons so badly, even in another department. Stay away. OP is out here being Mega Mind playing 4D chess. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, you want lesson plans? You asked for it. Once upon a time in the quaint town of Academia, a new middle school assistant principal was placed at our school. One day, trying to impress the school principal, our assistant, Mr. Sternsworth, as we'll call him, decided to crack down on the teacher's lesson planning process. Mr. Sternsworth, a stern man with a penchant for punctuality, issued a decree that all teachers must submit their lessons plans, detailed, on the form he provided. That took way longer due to formatting and other demands, and wanted them promptly every Monday at 8am for the upcoming week. The teachers grumbled and complained as this takes a lot of time we could be prepping for the lesson, but we had little choice but to comply with the Sternworth's wishes. I, however, saw an opportunity for a little mischief. Determined to make a point, 
I not only submitted the lesson plans diligently every Monday at the specified time, but took it a step further. Along with each lesson plan, I attached a friendly email, politely requesting feedback on the plans and any suggestions for improvement. Dear Mr. Stearnsworth, I hope this email finds you well. Attached are my lesson plans for the upcoming week. I would greatly appreciate any feedback or suggestions you might have. Thank you for your time. Sincerely, OP. At first, Mr. Stearnsworth was pleased to see such diligence from me. However, as the weeks went by, the inbox of the assistant principal began to overflow with my meticulously detailed lesson plans and polite follow-up emails. It seemed that every lesson plan submission was accompanied by a prompt for feedback. At first, Mr. Stearnsworth tried to keep up. He skimmed through a few lesson plans, offering generic feedback like, Looks good, or keep it up but I was persistent. I pushed for more feedback. The flood of emails requesting feedback became overwhelming and Mr. Stearnsworth found himself spending more time responding to me than actually performing his administrative duties. Frustrated and desperate to put an end to the constant barrage of emails, Mr. Stearnsworth called me into his office. OP, he said with a weary sigh. I appreciate your enthusiasm, but I simply don't have the time to provide detailed feedback on every lesson plan. Can't you just submit them without all the extra emails? Smirking, I replied, Sorry, sir. I'm just a guy who wants to get better. I'm trying to make lesson plans that are really engaging. I really need the feedback. I'd hate to get docked on my end-of-year evaluation for being anything but the best. After a heavy sigh, Mr. Sternsworth said, OP, If you stop emailing me about them, I won't make you turn any more in. It is obvious you are a good teacher, and I need to focus on other things. That was 12 years ago, and I haven't turned in a lesson plan since. This is such a beautiful, classic case of just complying to the letter, and there's nothing they can do about it because OP was just being a star worker for them, was just doing everything beautifully by the book. You can't complain when somebody wants to just get better and better working for you. This next story is Christmas slash employee appreciation party. This happened a few years ago, but being this time of year, it always makes me laugh to think about it. I worked at this place for close to 14 years, and I've always been the type of person to put up with a lot. We always had our Christmas slash employee appreciation party in January, as December was crazy busy. I'd only been there a few months when we were told about when... Want to know what it takes to make a million bucks? Check out My First Million. Every week we dive into different business opportunities and explain how to pounce on them. From one-man online operations to brick-and-mortar strategies, we cover it all. So whether it's your first million followers or dollars, start getting inspired with My First Million wherever you get your podcasts. and where the party would be. A few weeks before, there was a memo posted in the staff room titled, The Rules of Going Out. I kid you not. Basically, it was the owner's rules of how things were going to go down for our party. It went like this. She liked to use a lot of capital letters and exclamation marks. The party is for employees only, no spouses. I will pay for one drink only. You can have an appetizer or dessert, not both. Attendance is mandatory. I thought it was funny and laughed about it to one of my colleagues. 
They didn't laugh and told me that the owner wasn't joking, she was dead serious. Keep in mind that at the most, there would have been 12 people attending and that she would completely write this off as a business expense, so why be so cheap? I didn't want to rock the boat, so the first year I just towed the line. The next year, the same memo appeared a few weeks before the party. Pretty sure she just saved it to the computer and printed it off every year. The second year and the few years after that, we still went out to a restaurant. I thought, fine, you're going to be that cheap in appreciating all the hard work we do all year, plus not treating us very nicely? Fine, cue malicious compliance. Everyone orders their drinks before their meal. I get water. She looks at me and asks, aren't you going to order a drink? I tell her yes, but I'll have it with desserts as I can't drink without eating anything first. True, everyone orders a glass of wine, a cocktail, what have you. We eat our entrees, then the dessert menu comes. I ask if they have a scotch menu. They do, and she asks to look at it when I'm done with it. They also had those fancy coffees on there as well. I order my dessert and look at the scotch menu and order the most expensive per ounce scotch they have. About 26 bucks an ounce at the time. I'm not going to waste my one drink only on a $7 glass of wine. I'm getting the most expensive scotch there is and make a point of savoring it. Mmm, mmm, so good. I've never had this one before. I get the death glare, but hey, I'm enjoying my one drink only. Still makes me laugh. Yeah, I get the whole, like, one drink only is probably going to put pressure on you to not spend as much or to get a drink that isn't as expensive. But some people, when they're given an opportunity, are definitely going to go, alright, what's the most expensive one you got? Our next story is, work tried to punish me, it backfired. Back in maybe 2006 to 2008-ish, I was a tax associate at the most well-known tax service in North America. I did very well in the class you take, which determines your eligibility to be hired, as well as teaching you how to do taxes, and was hired. I bounced from office to office, as newbies do, and I was doing well enough that I was always the first to be called if a shift needed covered. After my first season with them went so well, I was invited back for the next year and the class was free because of the invitation back. In case you wonder why the class is every year, it's because tax rules change every year and we have to keep up. Shortly after the class is over, which I aced, I was approached by the lady who ran the district. She wanted to open a seasonal office in a Walmart 50 kilometers outside of the city I worked in. She wanted me as the primary associate there. In part because I'd done so well in the previous year. In part because I'd aced the class. In part because of my background in security. And in part because I lived 20 kilometers closer to this Walmart than anyone else on staff. I wasn't to be a manager, but I was going to be the only full-time associate. I'd open and close almost every day and often be the only associate on site. It was basically my baby to take care of. There were hints it might lead to advancement in the company as well. I was pretty excited at the opportunity. At first, everything went great. The Walmart staff liked me, the customers liked me, my boss liked me, I was blasting through customers. Only maybe five people walked away due to having to wait. Out of the few hundred who approached my little office beside the produce section, two months in, right before the tax season really heated up, I had a weekend I'd booked off the same day they'd hired me. I was going out of the province to see family. Trip had been set long before they hired me, so I'd made it quite clear I wasn't going to be around. The schedule accurately reflected that. So weekend arrives and I go. Had a good time, came home Monday evening so I could be back Tuesday morning. When I got home, I checked my answering machine for messages, 
even if smartphones were starting to be a thing, I didn't have one, and I'm pleased to say I still don't, there were three messages. Two from my boss, the district lady, and one from the scheduler. I don't remember everything word for word, so I'll paraphrase. Message 1, Saturday morning, approximately 7 a.m. Hi OP, sorry to do this to you, but we need you in today. Employee X, who we scheduled to replace you's car, broke down. Message 2, Saturday afternoon, approximately 2 p.m. I'm very disappointed in you for not responding to me and not showing up. I'll be making some changes. Message 3, Monday morning, approximately 9 a.m. Hi OP, this is Scheduler. Your hours have changed this week. Call me when you get this. Now, at this point in my life, I'm not a kid out of high school and I've had enough experience with screw jobs that I'm absolutely not going to crawl on my hands and knees apologizing and begging for my job. If you're going to be petty and mean just because you freaked up, then we're going to have problems. And so we did. I called the scheduler and was told I was suspended for a week and to call my boss after a week to get back on the schedule. She said the boss was trying to put me in my place and teach me how to be a good manager. I'd get back on the schedule after the week was over. I brought up my pre-planned and scheduled time off, and also that I wasn't a manager, I was a regular employee. The scheduler was very uncomfortable, but she was only doing what she was told. They did need me, she said. Just call boss in a week. I said sure, and then didn't. I was furious and I wasn't the one who was going to be put in her place. I called a few of the customers who I'd been working with and explained I was no longer working there and they chose to keep me as their tax gal regardless. It really wasn't intended as revenge, even though it sounds that way. The company wasn't going to make more than it cost to have someone do their taxes anyway. This was purely a customer relationship thing. I like to finish what I start. The real revenge was accepting my suspension. The entire week I was suspended, I made sure to stop in at the Walmart to see if I knew who they scheduled for my shift, and if we were friendly, then help them out with the quirks of this location. But there was never anyone there. I confirmed to the Walmart staff. All week they had no one working there, paying Walmart to rent space and getting nothing but a bad reputation for it because the heavily advertised new location had zero employees. It remained that way for the rest of the season, two months. The boss never called me and I never called her. Pride. I have no idea how it impacted her professionally. I stayed far away from taxes ever since. I got another job before my suspension was over and never looked back. Yeah, you get bullied working for a place like Walmart. It's definitely not the place where you stand down and just take it. You can and will do better in your life than Walmart. Don't let them push you around like that. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.